In a world where a man loves movies and loves lists and keeps a list of his 100 favorite movies for over 30 years, what if he made his wife watch those movies in order? And what if he made her talk about it on a podcast? Would she like them? Would she hate them? Can this marriage possibly survive this podcast? Find out what will happen in a world called Craig's List. Hey, hey, hey there, Kill. It's your, it's your grandpa. Uh, I heard you're feeling a little sick. Uh, you know that, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the future. You could just take uh, any kind of pill and you, you never get sick. But, uh, hey, uh, so, uh, I, your mother thought I should come in here and maybe, uh, <laughs> play you uh something that that my grandpa used to play for me i know that now you got holodecks that just shoot images straight into your brain stem but uh when i was a kid uh holodecks that shoot images right into your brain stem were called podcasts and uh this is a podcast my grandpa used to play for me it's called craig's list uh, <laughs> and, uh is there fighting? Oh, there's so much fighting. So much fighting. And uh, sports? Not so much. Not so much sports. But uh, they talk about movies. There's romance and uh, uh, drama. and uh, Trauma? Tra- yeah, trauma. <laughs> drama. Drama. Yeah. Ugh, Grandpa. <laughs> Is there going to be kissing in this podcast? <laughs> we hope. We hope there's going to be at least one kiss at the end. Ugh. And quotes. So many quotes. All right, you ready? This is an episode of Craigslist from uh, 2019, and uh, it's episode 92, and uh, <laughs> it's the number nine movie on Craigslist. Oh, I gotta explain movies to you. There's so much. There's okay, so much. Okay, this to is cover. this is a good. This is all good. right. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you could really just keep going for 20 more minutes. That was such a good impression of Peter Falk. Yeah. Why? Thank you. Second time you got to do a Peter Falk impression on this podcast. When did else did I do one? That black and white angel movie. That's right. That's right. We did Wings of Desire. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. like five years ago. <laughs> Nearly everyone in this movie is in another movie on Craigslist. So we'll, we'll talk about those connections. But hi, Craig's listeners. Uh, we're up to number nine on Craigslist. Uh, and it's a 1987 romance, fantasy, comedy. Uh, it's, a, it's a little bit of everything. It's directed by Rob Reiner, written by William Goldman, based on his novel, Starring Kelly, Kelly Alwes. Hmm? Kelly Alwes. You can say it right. I have faith in Carrie you. Always. <laughs> Andre the Giant. Mm-hmm. Mandy Patinkin. Wallace Shawn. Chris Sarandon. Christopher Guest. And Robin Wright as the titular Princess Bride. I think you forgot the most important character. Who's that? Fred Savage. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, but to help us do that, we have a guest. Two Kikowskis are not enough. We need a third Kikowski in order to complete the trilogy. Uh, and we have my sister, Liz Kikowski, back on the podcast. Hello. <laughs> you may remember her from the Pulp Fiction episode a long ass long time, time ago. Yeah, a couple years ago, right? But we always knew that you'd be doing this episode because I believe The Princess Bride is your favorite movie. It is my favorite movie. Aww. Although I got to say, I don't make lists. Okay. I have like three favorite movies, so I know it's against what you do. Can I, I can't can I really guess one of the others. Yep. Is it nine to five? Yep. And what's the third one? 
I mean, really, I probably have five. I mean, I really <laughs> am bad. I am so bad at saying something's a favorite. Like, yeah, I can't say too. a favorite even color. Like, kids are always like, what's your favorite color? And I'm like, I can't. Yeah. can't do that. But uh, Sound of Music would oh. be another. Mm-hmm. Mary Poppins. Oh. Um, Thelma and Louise. Oh, interesting. Karate Kid. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, Princess Bride is pretty unbeatable. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, Liz is about eight years younger than I. This movie was released in September of 1987, and I would have been a freshman in college at the time. And uh, I had come back home to for my birthday, which is in early October. Uh, so you just missed it, Craig's listeners. Did not. Uh, <laughs> Did not get your cards and gifts yet, but uh, they're probably on the way. <laughs> uh, and so I was visiting my family, and this was the movie that I chose to see. And so I, it had really just come out. Uh, we saw it, I believe, at Springfield Mall. And I would have been 10, which you is... You would have been 9, about to turn about 10. About to turn 10. So then that's exactly Fred Savage age in the movie. Mm-hmm. So very much was seeing it like through his perspective and... I remember feeling like him, you know, I didn't care about kiss. I mean, I, I didn't mind kissing. He, he didn't want to see kissing. Sure. I didn't care. I was like, whoa, kissing. But I remember being scared at the same parts and being like, oh, okay, good. He stopped it. You know, <laughs> but I felt that this is a movie that because we had that family experience of going to see it together, that our family all bonded with this movie right away. Yeah. I, I mean, I, don't remember much about seeing it with everybody, but I just remember loving it and then couldn't wait till it was available on, you know, however we watch it, probably from Blockbuster or then... I think we probably bought it on VHS right yeah. away. Because there's... So I have a tendency to watch a movie over and over and over again, and that's been my habit. From the time you were a little, little kid. Yes. Pete's Dragon. That was the first movie that, that you- I watched over and over and mm-hmm. over again. And back to back on the same day sometimes or I think so. I mean, definitely every day it would just be put in. And, and then I, you know, so once Princess Bride was available for me to watch at home, watched it. I mean, I've probably seen it over 50 times. Wow. I did that with movies too. I think it was like because we were the the VCR generation. <laughs> yeah. You were raised by television. Yeah. And it was the first time you could watch something over and over again, I guess. Unless you had like a what was before VHS? A laser disc? <laughs> no, well, laser after? Laser discs were kind of concurrent, yeah. you know. There was Betamax and there was VHS Betamax, and was Betamax was the superior technology, but uh Sony had the patent on it, and so nobody else could duplicate it. And then VHS was widespread. Everybody could make those players and tapes. Wow, Sony, you really screwed yourself on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and we had HBO, too, so we would be able to record anything we off may have, of... We may have taped it off of HBO rather than buying it. That's yeah. what I think. I don't think we bought much. And I think also at that time that this was before like the even VHS tapes were pretty cheap to buy because they priced them for the video retailer to buy them. They, they were like a hundred bucks and then they would make their money by renting it out over and over. Yeah. And it wasn't until I think more like the late eighties that they started to get more affordable. Um, and then I liked this movie so much that 
my friend Susan Trussell and I, we were both obsessed <laughs> with it and we wanted to learn like every line of it. So we would watch it together, but we were, I was going with her family to the beach and her rule on the road trip, her mom's rule on the road trip was that everybody had a chance putting in their own tape. And I remember her mom always put on cats and we were like, Oh, <laughs> and we had to listen to the whole musical of cats. But then when it was our turn, we were like, Oh, what if we record the princess bride <laughs> using a boom box held up to the TV so that our cassette tape is that movie? Wow. State of the art. So yeah, that's a lot of effort. <laughs> and her mom was so bummed. <laughs> <laughs> but those were the rules. Those were the those were the rules. So we got to just hear the Princess Bride on the road trip to the beach. Wow. <laughs> and Liz just did a run for me of several lines of dialogue of uh, Buttercup and Wesley back and forth, and uh, they're in there. They're in the brain. Yeah, it's that's stuck just in there. muscle memory. Like it's it's seriously impressive how he much can track of this- a falcon on a cloudy day. He can find you. You think your dearest love will save you? I never said he was my dearest love. And yes, he will save me. That I know. <laughs> you admit to me you do not love your fiance. And on and on and on. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's impressive. Carla, did you watch this movie when it first came out? I have a very strange relationship to this movie because I cannot, for the life of me, remember the first time I saw it. It could have been when I was a kid or it could have been when I was in college. (laughs) I think it was when I was a kid, but it did not grab me in the way that it grabs so many people if it was. And it could have been that we didn't see it in the movie theater and that by the time that I could have seen it on video, I was a few years older and maybe just wasn't into it, you know. Um, but anyways, I saw it at some point f- a few times. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just not. I am very much in the minority when I say this and I know this, which is like it's not a movie that reminds me of anything about my childhood. Like there's no nostalgia whatsoever for it. But it's fair to say you you find it funny, you yeah, enjoy it. For sure. But you don't get the the cult appeal no, that it has. No, people love this film. Like I have so many friends uh who just worship this film. And I recently did another podcast. <laughs> uh and we were supposed Congratulations. To, thank you. Uh we were supposed to do best romantic comedy and the two guys that I was doing this podcast with were just like trying to convince me that the Princess Bride was a romantic comedy. <laughs> it was a rom-com, which maybe it, maybe people would argue that's that. That's interesting. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't say that's its primary genre, but it's kind of all kinds of genres. Right. But I, it was just so funny to me that it was like these two middle-aged men who were like, Princess Bride is one of my favorite the, movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're like, it's the rom-com of my lifetime or whatever. There is romance in it and there's comedy in it, but I wouldn't consider it a rom-com either. I was actually thinking about calling it a fantasy, but not really. I mean, compared to like a Game of Thrones, you know, type thing, there's one magical element in it. Somebody is brought back from the dead. Right. <laughs> and there's a couple of creatures. There's uh, a shrieking eel and a rodent of unusual size. <laughs> and uh, other than the fact that there's a giant uh, who can beat people up because it's Andre the Giant. It's a very believable and grounded giant, I think. So it's actually interesting that I kind of think of it as a fantasy, but it really is not. Right. Yeah. No. I'm like flipping through right now, as you wish, the book by Carrie Always about this, mm-hmm. but I can't find it at the moment. But he did talk about how this 
movie was so the marketing and everybody they were so confused as to how to market it because they were like well what is it is it a romance is it a pirate movie is it an adventure is it a fairy tale is it a satire is it a comedy and they were like it's all of it and like yeah but then what do we put in the 90 second trailer but that is what i do think it's all of those and you it's its own thing I always just thought it was, I like my earliest memories of it, it was like, oh, that's a kid's movie. And it, I think it's because of the Fred Savage take on it. But watching it as an adult, it doesn't feel like a kid's movie at all. No. And actually, so for rewatching it for this, I watched it with a room full of kids. So it was four adults all my age, you know, in their 40s, and then our kids. And it was six kids ranging from five years old to nine years old. Mm -hmm. And it definitely, I mean, they kind of liked it, but they were very scared and worried during it. I mean, it was, they were like Fred Savage again. Like um, they all got really nervous at the eels and they wanted us to stop. But then Fred Savage is about to stop it. And they're like, Oh, and one kid right before the first kiss went, ew. And then he stopped it and was like, they're going to be kissing. So they were (laughs) totally in sync with him. But we did have to skip like, the fire swamp, the torture. Oh, really? Scene. Wow. They all got two words. So it was a little young for them. Yeah. And they definitely weren't finding things funny. <laughs> like they didn't get, and when me and I watch it with Maggie, Robin and Samantha, and we're of course just like, we also know every line that's coming in that obnoxious. I'm sure it was just like the most obnoxious mom watch ever. We're like, wait, 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 wait. Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the kids are not getting their like, jokes. Yeah. What? Hazel just kept going what's happening? What's happening? And then I'd have to like pause and explain. She's like, why is that funny? I'm curious to see if this is a movie that new generations will discover or if the comedy is locked into our youth. I don't know. I find this movie so funny. So funny. That's what I, I mean, I must've seen it when I was a kid. Cause I do remember being in high school and like everybody's saying quotes from this as though it was the funniest thing, you know? To me, this is the most quotable movie of all time. Of all time? I don't I agree. know. There's, there's Godfather. So- there's Casablanca. There's other things. I mean, there's other contenders, but uh, this, I all mean, right. this has Inconceivable. It has uh, As You Wish. It has uh, You Killed Look My Father. My name is Inigo Montoya. You Killed My he Father. Did, Prepare he- to Die. He said, Carrie always says, it's certainly one of the most often quoted films in cinema history with lines like, and then it's just this list of. Yeah. So let's, we need to pause for a second. So Carrie Elwes, is that how you say his name? I say Elways. I say Elways, Elways too, but. Carrie Elways wrote a whole book about making the princess bride yeah. called As You Wish. Okay. <laughs> cute. Cute. Hope he made a lot of money on it. Uh, when did it come out? few years ago, because Craig got this for me as a birthday gift. Oh, nice. Um, um, oh, it, you know why? I think it was the 25th anniversary of The Princess Bride. They were on a little, they were on like a tour. There was something at Lincoln Center, I believe, for them. And oh, then this went okay. along with it. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's really cute. And then he went on to famously be the Saw guy, right? Yes. <laughs> but he's most famous for this, for sure. And yeah. he even talks about no matter what he does in his career, he's done so many movies and so much TV, and he'll always be Wesley. How did Robin Wright, like, shake it off? <laughs> well, I mean, I guess I have a theory about that, which is that 
we could talk about, you know, there isn't much for women to do in this movie. That would be, but I don't think it's not a criticism of the movie because at the time it's just like, she's a princess written by and from the perspective of white men from like cat skills, essentially, you know, and like, but there's the, the, the witch slash wife and buttercup who's just, you know, kind of, beautiful and gets taken by men from and you know is just kind of the trophy that gets passed around and everything but i think because she's just kind of known as like beautiful she doesn't necessarily have that much of a like bit or a character right that in other things she did i think she became more famous for more of an acting role that makes sense and for her toughness which is interesting too like uh, especially now in like wonder woman and uh house of cards like she's known for playing really tough characters yeah yeah i i think she's really good in it so good uh and but definitely like when wesley is fighting the rous like uh she's really just standing there yeah and definitely that scene would be written differently now to have buttercup have more agency like to do anything at all yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so to just stand there and watch it the other interesting thing is like she's not a princess and never becomes a princess right but she's like the princess type was what i meant yes. i guess yeah but that's interesting that she's kind of referred to as the princess she's just engaged to a prince right at the movie but she is a commoner yeah i i think i'm um i was thinking of this one towards the end of it when we were watching it i think i didn't pay attention at the top of the movie she just hires him to work for her, right? It's not like her parents live there and hired him. Or is it just unclear? I think she's on a farm with her parents, probably. We just don't see them. Right? I mean, yeah. yeah. He's just the farm boy. Yeah. And she seems to live alone there. (laughs) Just weird. Like, why shouldn't they get it on? And they're like 18. Yeah. Right. There's no obstacles to them getting it on. It's just the two of them and some pigs. No one else. (laughs) (laughs) Have you read the William Goldman book? No, which is crazy. I need to read it. (laughs) I read it years ago, maybe a few years after the movie came out. So maybe when I was still in college or just out of college. I remember loving it. And the movie is very faithful to the book. So Goldman adapted his own book. Uh, William Goldman was the screenwriter of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, Marathon Man, and uh, All the President's Men. Is it like a full-length novel or is it like a children's? It's a full-length novel. And it's not – I mean – you could be a, it, it could be young adult maybe, but I think yeah. it's also for adults. Uh, it kind of like cuts across demographics the way that the movie does. And when you get the book, it says The Princess Bride by S. Morgenstern, uh, adapted by William Goldman. So he kind of keeps up the facade that this is an ancient book that his father read to him. And then it says, I think, the good parts version. Meaning that his father, in telling him it as a bedtime story, cut out the boring parts and just gave him the good parts. And that's like the bit of the novel. So it's right. very meta as well. So like when he adapted it for the screenplay, he kept that vibe going with the Fred Savage part and everything. Yeah, that's we were cool. having lunch with our friend Robin yesterday and, and we were talking about the Fred Savage and Peter Falk scenes. And she was like, I wonder if that's because of network or, or studio notes that they had to include that explaining. And I'm like, oh no, that's, uh, that's William Goldman's idea. That's it, they, uh, it's kind of a way of covering the meta elements of the novel in the 
I have the reason here of why it's called The Princess Bride, and I found this very cute having two daughters myself. William Goldman said, I was going to California on a trip, and I told my daughters, I'll write you a story. What do you want it to be about? And one of them said, princesses, and the other one said something about brides. And I said, okay, that'll be the title. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So the the novel came out in 73. Warner Brothers optioned it for a screenplay right away. And uh, at different times, Francois Truffaut, Robert Redford, and Norman Jewison were all going to direct it. So it was kind of a property that was going to get made for a while. Eventually, uh, Goldman bought his rights back. Uh, and so it was finally made in 87 by Rob Reiner, who had a lot of kind of cachet at the time. Uh, his film debut, of course, was This is Spinal Tap, which we've covered already. And then he went on to make The Sure Thing. And Stand By Me, which was a, a big hit. So this was part of a great run for Mr. Reiner in the late 80s, early 90s. For sure I watched Stand By Me when it came out. Really? I mean, you yeah. would have been five. No, that can't be right then. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to... I mean, it's really bothering me to understand like when I first saw this and how I missed it. <laughs> and at one time, Christopher Reeve was going to play Wesley. Oh, that would have been good too. Would've Another good one casting. they were considering was Colin Firth. A young oh, Colin Firth. Totally would have been good. Yeah. He would have been great, but I can't imagine anyone other than Carrie Elway's in this they role. They said when they went to meet him and they just meet, he only read like a few lines for them and Rob Reiner was just like, yep, yep, this is it. And just knew it immediately. And I think the same thing with Robin Wright when she walked in the room, they knew yep. it was her. They're both so beautiful. They're like, very attractive. So beautiful. Like, it's not even subjective. <laughs> no, it's it's shocking. Yeah. And it's such beautiful close-ups throughout the movie of mm-hmm. them, and they're just both equally gorgeous. It was such good casting. This was her second movie. She was mostly known for the soap Santa Barbara. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw on IMDb she did 500 episodes of Santa Barbara. Wow. So <laughs> this is when like soaps were cranking them out, right? Yeah. So that's probably a hundred episodes a year for five years or, or something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't know why Carrie always, who has worked a ton. Yeah. Who does a lot of voice work. Now he's, uh, more into character roles. Like he played the mayor in the last season of yeah. Stranger Things. Uh, but I don't know why he didn't become a bigger star based on this. Maybe because of sort of being in between comedy and cuteness or something maybe this the confusion between comedy and cuteness <laughs> <laughs> like the confusion of what the genre of the movie was which made, makes it so special and if he's so known for wesley i could see in the way people are just dumb and want to be like he's an action guy he's a leading man he's a comedy guy that they didn't know what he was after this maybe yeah I think too, like it's just so much luck just like getting the right role at the right time right i mean yeah, like there could be a million reasons. <laughs> he could he could have just had a couple bad years where he was depressed and didn't feel like going to his auditions. <laughs> you know? Been there, Carrie, been there. <laughs> but it's so true. I mean, so much success in this business is just like being in the right room at the right time, yeah. you know? I just feel that this is a movie that caught lightning in the bottle in terms of casting, like everybody is perfectly cast and We'll talk about this a little more when we get to Casablanca, too. But that's kind of famous as, like, movie made in the studio system. It was just another job for everyone. And somehow they got 
everybody was perfect for the roles. Everybody yeah. kicked ass and it's, it's a timeless classic, but nobody like clocking in, like thought that it was any different than the movie they made last month. Um, was this a box office success? Did you say that already? Moderate. Okay. It uh, didn't flop, but it wasn't a big hit. And it really started to become a cult classic once it was on home video. Makes sense. And I think it's a relatively short movie. It's very... Sure is. I really like that yeah, about I it. I loved it. Watching it with the kids especially, I was like, woo, we got through that fast. Yeah. And almost like half the movie is just him defeating the three, you know, the trials of uh, the match of wits of swordplay and strength. He's the man strength. in black for a huge chunk of it. And then they go into the, the fire swamp and pass those three tests. So that's about half the movie is just that day. So, Craig, I assume when you saw it, you knew when he appeared, the man in black, did you know it was Wesley as a teenager? I don't think I did. Okay. And uh, I, I, as a nine year old, 10 year old, I definitely did not and was shocked at, as you wish. Oh, my sweet Wesley, what have I done? And like, I think I also was surprised by it. I shouldn't be. It's I pretty- asked you that when we were watching it, didn't I? Yeah. And I had to think about it. I think I didn't. I, yeah. I mean, it's, it's damn obvious, but. Well, I just wonder, because I, I asked that when we were watching it, I was like, did the audience know? Like, is the audience supposed to know they, that it's So Wesley? according to this book, because I was just reading about like when he even got his costume fitting, yeah. um, and he had like an anxiety attack getting the mold put on his face for getting the mask fit. What's that thing called where actors have to get like the plaster of their face done? But mm-hmm. Carrie always... It's face like plaster. In, an hour of... in the, you know, I, I don't face know. Pla- <laughs> the technical term is face plaster. <laughs> um, and anyway, you know, but they knew... the. The adults making this film, yeah, knew obviously like they were like, oh, everybody will know it's him, but sort of the fun of it. Um, but the but the characters in the movie can't know it's him, and butter, you know, it's this like leap of faith thing. But obviously, they could have disguised him better if they really wanted the audience to not know, right? But they did want the audience to know. But kids definitely did not know. Like they they did the they threaded the needle of that, yeah, really. And just watching it with these kids this weekend, nobody knew. Really? And I think at some point Robin said, like, I can't believe I never knew. And I was like, shh, 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 like, don't ruin it. They don't know yeah. it's him right now. And then one of my daughter who's um eight, Hazel, I asked her for like her to give some feedback about the movie. And she said, Wesley did a really good job disguising himself. I didn't know it was him. <laughs> his mask and his beard ha- hit it so well. She doesn't know mustache over beard. Yeah. But, um <laughs> He did such a good job disguising himself. Aww. But yeah, it totally so worked cute. for all the kids too. Yeah. That's good to know. In the early scenes on the farm, he really only he only says as you wish. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing to indicate that he's funny. And he's so beautiful it's distracting. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was another one of Hazel's quotes. Wesley is cute. <laughs> uh let me ask you just a couple of uh, trivia questions, yes. by the way, that I'm, I'm curious if, if you know. What is the full name and title of the six-fingered man? Count. Mm. No, not getting there. But it is Count something. Yeah, he's referred to as Count Rugen a yeah. few times. But the one time Humperdinck calls him by his first name. Oh, oh. 
I'm going to know it when you say it, but I can't access it. Tyrone. Yes, Tyrone. He's, he's Count Tyrone Rugen. Yes. <laughs> such a great name. Yes. Oh, my God. Are you laughing at that just because it's such a funny name or because it references something? It doesn't reference anything. Oh. I think it's a funny name. Oh, okay. Uh, just because you never, you know, you never hear this character's name and then just one time Humperdinck's like, Tyrone. Uh, <laughs> yes. you know, I've got, uh, my, Bride to execute. What is the line? Yes, um, I'm. Where he goes? I'm swamped. <laughs> I'm swamped. <laughs> Speaking of swamps, what are the three uh, challenges of the fire swamp? There's the. Uh, well, what do they call the quicksand? I don't think they call it quicksand, but they call you know it's 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 like the invisible or the um uh and the the, the fire that pops up and the rous. Yeah, the lightning sand, Light, the flame spurt, sand. and the RUSs. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Um, I think that's all the trivia questions yep. I had. But <laughs> Good job. Yeah. They always wanted to make this movie with Andre the Giant. You know, he had been famous since the late 60s as a wrestler, I think. And Oh, he was a wrestler? He was a professional wrestler. Cool. Yeah. Uh, there's a fantastic documentary that they made about him for HBO a couple of years ago uh, about his whole life, which is uh, really sad, actually. And, uh, and he definitely was an alcoholic. Uh, like they talk about him like drinking like a case of wine a night, you oof. know, but also like it took a lot to get him drunk. And he really did have, you know, giantism. Yeah. Uh, I think he was something like seven foot four and mm. over 400 pounds or, or something uh, like that. What? I mean, was English his second language? Yeah, he was French. Okay. I mean, it, I, you, I wondered, and watching again, I'm like, how many takes would they have to do with him? Because it, it is hard to understand him sometimes. Yes. And that's obviously the best they could get. So yeah, yeah. there must have been some trouble with that. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I believe Rob Reiner read his made a recording of reading his lines out phonetically for him and Andre would listen to it uh on set you know so i i don't know that he understood everything he was saying but he was you know kind of saying it yeah. phonetically and yeah i i think definitely the first few times i saw it uh now i understand everything that he says uh and a lot of his lines are among my favorites oh yeah at miracle maxes if it's so nice he said i could keep it that whole bit is so great that he has the cloak, that they have everything. We only had a Holocaust cloak. <laughs> I also love in that scene, you just shook your head. Doesn't that make you happy? <laughs> you think a little head jiggle is going to make me? <laughs> Can't quite remember that one, but it's something like that. Sure. What about Manny Patinkin in this movie? Oh, so good. I think he's the best character in this film. Sure. Inigo Montoya. I mean, besides Fred Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fred Savage is clearly the best actor in the film. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I know you want to talk you, about you Fred need Savage. To talk about, you need to unpack Fred Savage. <laughs> so much there. So much unpacking. You and Robin were talking about how hot you think Mary Patinkin is in this. Well, that he was is. surprising because as a kid, I just said like, oh, this old guy who fights or whatever. Yeah. And then watching it this time again, the moms were like, Look at him. <laughs> we're like, look at his arms. He's so like, we're like, God, I mean, we know him recently from Homeland. Anyway, <laughs> he looks real different in this. Carrie, you've got to go back to Baghdad. <laughs> um. Wow. <laughs> that sounded strange. It did. <laughs> that wasn't a spot on uh, Manny Patinkin. sounded like a Muppet. <laughs> I think he sounds like a Muppet. Do you? I, we were just listening to the Evita soundtrack yeah. in, the, in the car. 
which is another classic Mandy Patinkin role. I have to say my favorite scene re- in the rewatch this time is the fight scene with him and Carrie um, right when he gets to the top of the mountain. It's oh, like it's so the good. classic sword fight. It's, it's so great. Honestly, the it's not only the best scene, but it's like in terms of just action, I think it's the best scene as well. It's so impressive. And like how, how and then it follows up with <laughs> the fight with um the with Andre, <laughs> the giant, which is like not a great fight scene. <laughs> right. And I was like, this is really out of order because <laughs> I really expect as like a modern mov- movie goer, right, to like see it heighten some way. And like that by far is the best fight scene in the whole thing, I think. When you've done a 10 minute sword fight, you're like, that, that's going to yeah. be tough. Yeah. How do you top. top that? Yeah. Yeah. It's clear that they're doing their own sword play. Like, that's really impressive. It's so impressive. Uh, I think the only time they cut away is obviously when they're doing the gymnastics on the bar. Those so are, funny. Those are doubles. <laughs> so but it's like, funny. I mean, that sword fight is constantly heightening itself to, you know, I love fight. that there was just a bar there for them to, yeah. yes, of course. To and jump I just, on. I love how they're talking to each other. It's just very casual with yes. a lot of respect. And I was yes. like, well, I'm sorry. I have to kill you now. <laughs> I love the, like, I'm going to fight him left handed first so yes. I can do a switcheroo and eat. You know, then why are you smiling? And like that he switches, and then that later one of like, because I am not left-handed either. Yeah, like, oh, it's so good. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to kill you. You seem a decent fellow. I hate to die. Yeah, the Fezzik fight is is not a heightening of that. But then the Vizzini battle of wits is uh, so quotable. One of the great scenes too, and one of the great. I mean, I know that. the, the pirate Roberts is interrupting it occasionally, but in terms of like a sustained monologue like that, uh, Wallace Shawn, uh, trying to parse which side the, uh, the goblet is on is so classic. Truly, you have a dizzying intellect. <laughs> Wait till I get started. Going, going, I believe. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Wait till I get going. Wait till I get going. <laughs> Clunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the reaction of the audience when Vizzini dies is was so great. It's so unexpected. The reaction of the audience. You mean like when you were in the theater? When we saw it in the theater, <laughs> yeah. People's minds were blown. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. It was so great. It's so good. Then you go to Wesley, well, Dread P- Pirate Roberts and Buttercup, because you don't know it's Wesley yet. And then this one I really like struck me this time is just how, how mean he is to her in that scene, I guess, to like test her to make sure she Still didn't loves really him. live, leave him for yeah. Humperdinck. But like, like he spoke of a girl of surpassing beauty and faithfulness. I can only assume he meant you, you know, yeah. and it's just like he keeps doing digs at her. Yeah. Just to immediately like, you know, that's the love of his life. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I guess he is just trying to make totally sure she still loves him. What's his pirate name again? The is Dread Pirate Roberts. The Dread Pirate Roberts? Yes. Oh. Uh, when I was watching it, I was like, they need to do a prequel about the Dread Pirate Roberts, the real guy. Because right. there's a couple There's variations. been four. There's been yeah. four real guys at but this like, point. Yeah. The real guy who's now retired and living it up and wherever. Ooh, like, yeah. Wouldn't that be a good idea for a Don't movie? Don't put that out there. That's such a great idea, Carla. you well, got to write that. Liz will write it for us and <laughs> give us so good. Give us some money. <laughs> and the handover. The mo- Yeah, the handover yeah. to to Wesley. Yeah. Ooh, that's so good. That's how it ends. Like, yeah. We get to see the Or different- even just Wesley showing up or whatever and yeah. you just know what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's good. Good night, Wesley. Good luck. Uh, most likely kill you in the morning, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, well, I, I think when I was thinking of how this movie hit lightning in a bottle, like, again, in Casablanca's case, it was the case of, like, it's in the studio system and, like, it wasn't any different. Obviously, everybody's, you know, kicking ass, you know, doing their best on this movie. But I guess what I'm thinking of is how hard it is to strike the right comedic tone. And for some reason, this just hits a sweet spot where it's just grounded enough and just silly enough. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to, to find that tone. Like Billy Crystal's the only one who's really kind of playing Broad. to the rafters. Yeah. Uh, I think in it, but I feel like everybody is so funny in this, but they're very kind of earnest and real about it. I'm guessing. I mean, I think that would be Rob Reiner's, like, that's what makes him a great director. Like it is the tone of this movie is perfect from start to finish and it, and it hits this tone that's hard to explain, but he does it. So he must have just, and it's from the book, right? Like, yeah. I mean, so maybe it's screenplay too. So it's a director totally understanding what is it? William, what's his last William name? William Goldman. R- William Goldman's tone and nailing it and then just directing the actors in that direction. But it, maybe when he met everybody too, like Carrie always had known that book and had been it, read it as a kid and knew it. And mm. like, that was part of their meeting too, was him being like, I get this tone, but I want, I mean, it is just so clean of a tone from start to finish. They shot it in the UK and Ireland and Rob Reiner had a rented house and he would have dinner parties every night and invite the whole cast over. So I think people talked about how much everybody bonded making this oh, together. So and I think probably most of the cast was probably there for the whole shoot. And so you can really tell it has that feeling of camaraderie. Uh, when we did our tour of Ireland, we hit, uh, you know, the Ring of Kerry. We hit, uh, mm-hmm. Giant's Causeway. We had talked about going to the Cliffs of Moher, but we didn't. And that, those are the Cliffs of Insanity. Oh, that's so funny. Cause I almost said, I wonder if those are the Cliffs of Moher. Yeah. That's really interesting. And so obviously, like, there's some things that are obviously, uh, studio sets, you know. It looks like the pictures on, of Ireland. (laughs) Yeah. The, the fire swamp and, uh, the, the sword battle, you know, are obviously on a sound stage. But then other things like the castle of like, that's a legit castle, you know. Yeah. Uh, Like the landscapes are really beautiful in it. And I, and I also think like not only the sword fight, but, just attention spans are shorter now and cuts are, are quicker. And I think a lot of scenes just really play out mm-hmm. uh, to kind of get the full comedic effect. So there's something about the pacing of this. I do think, though, they really they wrote it almost like a multicam sitcom with joke, 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 joke. <laughs> like it is just packed with good lines and jokes, too. So yeah. that might be like all, you know, again, I don't know how much. The screenplay was already that or them just finding bits and everything like there's just such a playfulness in every scene. Well, let's go chronologically through the movie a little bit with a segment that we like to call Carla's Quotes. She's feeling her oats and Craig's taking notes. Whatever they are, it's Carla's Quotes. Not too many this time. I've said that every episode. (laughs) You did fall asleep for a little bit. I'm sorry, but then we started it again later, right? Nah, well, we'll, we'll uh, there might be parts you don't remember, so we'll see. <laughs> we just watched this a couple years ago with Liz for her birthday. For my birthday. Yeah. Yes. For my, was it my 40th? I can't remember. I think your it was 40th, your 40th, yeah. right? And so that was it was two my, years ago probably? Yes. Yeah. So it was already fresh in your mind. Yes. Yes. You really try to get out of watching this, but my reasoning was, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I knew that you remembered it well. I did. But yeah. also like, 
the fans want their quotes. Okay. You know, we can't do it without. They better quotes. be good then. We'll see. <laughs> All right, Carla, you better have stepped up to the plate here. Uh, speaking of stepping up to the plate, the movie opens on a video baseball game. Oh yeah. Uh, and so you hear kind of like this, uh, it's boop, 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 boop. boop. Yeah. And Carla said, take me out to the field, <laughs> which is not the lyric. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then you said, I definitely played this game. <laughs> I think I read that it was uh, Commodore 64. Did you have a Commodore 64? I don't know. Maybe my cousins did. Okay. I recognized it. You know how like sometimes there's something that you haven't seen in 25 years and then and it's just like you have that feeling of nostalgia of like I know this thing yeah. even though I don't really remember it. When Peter Falk walked in you said, I'd be like, "Mom, who is this homeless man?" <laughs> <laughs> he comes in and he's acting so drunk and just like weird. Uh, can I talk about Fred Savage for a okay, second? Okay, it's time to <laughs> talk about him. Fred Savage. He was like my childhood crush, which is another reason why I don't understand why I don't have strong memories of this. But I just started to rewatch Little Monsters <laughs> the other day. Did you watch that when no. you were a kid? It's a Fred Savage movie about a monster living under his bed. And it's very weird. And I watched it, much like you said, you watched this over and over again. Like, I watched that movie so many times over and over again. Is it Howie Mandel? Yes, I is think the it is. Yeah. It's the strangest film. Anyway, I assume you watched Wonder Years. Loved yeah. it. Yes. Totally watched Wonder Years. And you've rewatched Wonder Years pretty recently, too. Yes. I think it's amazing. Um, he is so cute. He's so cute. He's just, I think he's one of the, yeah, best child actors for sure. Um, but, when I first moved to LA, I was 20 and I was doing background work on Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to the craft services table. Uh, and I know that Liz, Liz, you know Fred Savage a little bit, right? He directed me in um, Garfunkel. Oh, right. Garfunkel Notes. An Garfunkel Oates show. Oates. Yeah. And I was very excited to meet him yes. because of Princess Bride. <laughs> so I, so you have much better stories, I guess was my point than I do of Fred Savage. But I went to the craft services table and I, um, like picked something up and I turned around and he, it was like, it was like out of a movie. Like I don't know that I've had many experiences like this in my life where he turned around and it felt like, ev- like it felt like just a spotlight came on him and it was Fred Savage. And I just was like, totally couldn't talk and like i was standing right in front of him and i was like blocking him basically and we just had this really weird moment where he was like hi (laughs) and i couldn't speak and i really have never i mean truly when i'm thinking about any time that i've met a celebrity i can't remember ever truly behaving that way like such an idiot (laughs) but i loved him i had a giant poster of him for years and years. And I know everybody had posters of people, but I'm just saying this was my one person that I had a poster of. It's a good choice. And he's wonderful. He's, he's a great actor. Excellent. And he's so cute in this. Okay. He's so cute. Yeah. He gets his laugh every time. And like I said, like I think when I saw it and now when my kids have seen it, you're seeing the movie through his lens yeah. a little too. And it is just like 10-year-old boy's like a story he's getting to hear. Oh, it's just so good. So sweet. And you can tell it's not a kid's movie because he says, Jesus, Grandpa, why did you read me this thing? <laughs> so funny. <laughs> Which is one of the great lines, yeah. too. Yes. Yeah, I, I got to put him up there as one of the all-time great child actors. I mean, like for his sure. performance on Wonder Years was so, like, had so much depth. Yeah. You know, for a kid that age. Uh, I mean, we talked about Macaulay when we did the Home Alone episode. I mean, yeah, episodes. Of Like, he was... 
one of the greats too. I think we should give a shout out to Fred Savage that he's so many child actors don't turn out so great in adult life, right. and he seems like such a you know he's married, he's got kids, he seems well adjusted, like a very nice person. So whatever. Either his parents or himself, whatever got him through that. Good job, Fred Savage. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's a really well-regarded TV director, and he's still working as an actor, too. And we ran into him at Jones on 3rd. <laughs> yes. Uh, and he remembered you from the Garfunkel and Oates episode. I've done a couple of table reads with him, one where he was an actor and one where he was a director. He did not remember me. but um, <laughs> He's but, very nice. And I, <laughs> but I still... Super nice guy. I still have that, like... <gasps> Princess Bride. Kevin Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Mine still, I mean, and I loved Wonder Years, but I just go like, oh, Princess Bride. Yeah. And I, for some reason, thought of this. By uh, the way, I can't believe I wasn't at that lunch. I really blew it that day. You had an, you had an invite to join us that I day. I know, and I had to work or yeah. something. I kind of thought of him already being known from Wonder Years when this movie came out, but not at all. Like he had, uh, only, he, I think he had done some TV stuff, maybe a couple of movies, but this really was his, uh, his big splash. Well, I think my other trivia question was, uh, where does uh, where does he live? In the movie? Yeah. Where does that character live? Oh, I know. We can guess. It seems like Chicago. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Okay. Yes. They do say there's that. There's bears and cubs. Uh, there's okay. there's cub Memor- stuff. Yeah, memorabilia. Yeah. 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 That's what I would have guessed. And I'm not a sports person. Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> well done. There is sports in this episode. <laughs> People listening in the future. Um, what, where and when does this movie take place? Wait, the, well, that's when a Carlos quotes? I mean, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's this happening? is Craig's quote. This is Craig. Uh, I mean, not, uh, obviously. Chicago uh, in the eighties? Not Chicago in the eighties, but the, but the story of the Princess Bride. I mean, this is one of the, this is obviously something William Goldman baked in where you can't really pinpoint it, you know, because it's obviously not a fictional world. It's clearly Earth because they reference Greenland, well, Sicily, Australia. Gilda, right? Well, the, the two towns are Florin and Gilder. Gilder. Florin okay. and Gilder are the two and kingdoms the, that are supposedly at war. Gilder was the Dutch coin, I believe, when I before they went to the Euro. Also, Florin is a Dutch coin. Okay. So I think that was Goldman's joke, which is these two kingdoms that are supposedly at war with each other are two sides of the same coin. They're basically oh. inter- interchangeable, you know. Cute. Um, but it appears to be uh, England in the Middle Ages, right? Right. right. <laughs> but the, it's hard to pinpoint because certainly there was no country called Australia and it wasn't populated by criminals at the in the Middle Ages. <laughs> You know. They do reference, you know, Asia because you're not yes. supposed to get in a land Never war in get Asia. Never involved in a land war in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm going to just go with it's a classic. Once upon a time, yes, right. It is. That's what I would have guessed too. I wrote on uh, Carrie and Robin. They're pretty attractive, and Carla said uh, they're so young. They are. So they look young. like babies. They were. I think they were twenty-ish. You know. Wow. Oh, here's Carla's quote on Fred Savage. He's so good. He's probably one of the top child actors of all time, and he never gets credit for it. <laughs> <laughs> I think he gets I some credit. <laughs> that's how defensive him, you are. I about never your see love. him on a top list of child <laughs> actors. You always see Haley. What's his butt? Who's great? Uh-huh. What was his name? 
Haley Watson's butt. Haley Watson's butt. Haley Joel Osment. Haley Joel Osment. Macaulay, Macaulay Culkin. Yeah. Who, who's also great. Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple. Yeah. Ow. Benny just bit me. <laughs> <laughs> How about a shout out for the performance of Chris Sarandon as Prince Humberdinck yeah. in this? It's so good. Such good timing. His timing is incredible. And just the way he says, the princess buttercup. <laughs> As if he's embarrassed of her name. <laughs> I might laugh the most at him now in this he's round. Me too. Right. He's great. And I would love it if somebody uh, would do a mashup of his performance in this and his performance in Dog Day Afternoon. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask you. Oh, my gosh. It's so different. Yeah. He's Leon in Dog, Dog Day Afternoon. Like su- Such a great performance in that. He was Oscar nominated for Dog Day. Yeah. Uh what other movie has Wallace Shawn been in uh, on Craigslist? We, actually, the, our next movie will also be a Wallace Shawn movie. Uh, he has a small role in that. But what movie did we cover already? I don't know. That has Wallace Shawn. Uh, Toy Story 3. Uh, He's Rex. Yeah, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have known that. He's Rex the dinosaur. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Unemployed in Greenland. <laughs> um, Chris Sarandon. That's his name, right? Chris Sarandon. The- yes. Uh, Former husband of Susan Sarandon. Yes. And then, I mean, I love, all, all of his lines are so good, but I love when at the end, when he goes and greets Wesley and Wesley, we know Wesley can't quite move. And then they have like, to the death. No, to the pain. I don't think I'm quite familiar with that phrase. <laughs> so good. And then that monologue I was obsessed with. The, you warthog the- face buffoon. <laughs> he keeps like, Wesley just drops in so many like cuts throughout. Like, it's possible pig, like you miserable vomitous <laughs> mass. <laughs> I don't remember any of that. <laughs> uh, I only dog paddle is another good one. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I felt like whenever we cut back to Fred Savage, you were getting nostalgic about everything in the room. You said that scary Santa on the closet. My brother had that He Man. <laughs> <laughs> then you said, I feel like we should watch Little Monsters as a companion movie to this. <laughs> I am open to watching Little Monsters. I've never seen it All and I right. uh, have no expectations for it. Would my kids like Little Monsters or do they I, need to be older? I should watch it if... All the way through. We'll screen it I, first. Before okay. I advise one way or It's the from other. the 80s, so it may have boobs and cocaine in it. Like, <laughs> there's no right or reason to. And uh, what's his name? Um, who's... Oh, my God. Carla... He's the one of the wet bandits in Home Alone, not Joe Pesci. Daniel Stern. He plays the dad in it. Oh. He plays and I think it's Ben Savage is the younger brother too. Great. The Savage Brothers. What if it's none of them? What if <laughs> <laughs> What if I just made this all up? <laughs> <laughs> There's no way to find out, but uh <laughs> I and talk about 1987 pacing as well. I feel like no movie would take the time on that climbing scene now yeah. to really show how, you know, Andre uh, lifting the three of them up the rope and then the pirate Robert slowly following them up but the rope. But it's so funny when he's having that conversation with Wallace Shawn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like just how long it's taking. And then yes. just to watch them. I mean, part of the joy of it is knowing that they're not really climbing, right? So watching how they kind of make it look like that or whatever yeah. is pretty funny. And uh, you keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means is one of one of the all-time What's great that? as well. You keep using that word. Oh. I don't think it means what you think it means. Uh, I love his impatience, too, after they cut the rope and now 
man in black has to climb on his own, but he's like, he really wants to fight him right away. And, and he wants to throw down the rope and he's like, I can't trust you. you I'm sorry, but you're going to have to wait. And he's just like, <laughs> I give my word as a Spaniard. Uh, I've known too many Spaniards. It's yeah. So good. Every line's so good. I swear on the soul of my father, Diego Montoya, you will make it up alive. Yeah. And he says Toss it so sincerely. Yes. I just love how they bond in that scene. Yeah. And they're both like master swordsmen, you know? It's the best scene. <laughs> you also said best Manny Patinkin role? Maybe. There's also Yentl. <laughs> he's uh, the husband. He's Bar- Barbara's husband in Yentl. Is that no, what it is? No, like her Are there her love, love interest? interest? Okay. I haven't seen that in he gets years. gets very upset when he finds out she's not a boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of those movies. He's bathed in front of her. Yeah. <laughs> Carla was doing a play-by-play during the sword fight. Ooh, it's not going to be easy. Ooh, you're good. (laughs) Get used to disappointment. Another one of my favorite lines. Uh, I also love how Carrie always plays, uh, when he comes up to Fezzik of like, you can see that like he was so kind of like sure of himself in the sword fight. You can see he's legitimately scared by Fezzik, you know, Mm. uh, or he's on his guard. And I love how they stage that first run. At him where Carrie always is kind of on a hill so they look like they're even height and then he kind of runs down and you can see how he's dwarfed next to Andre. Yeah. The rock getting thrown is scary. That that mm-hmm. works as a good scare. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when he talks about his mask and he says, I think everyone will be wearing them in the future. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carla, as you said before, they didn't use the rule of heightening for the fighting. <laughs> When Christopher Guest first appears, Carla said, all right, that guy, Corky. <laughs> oh, I do want to say something about Christopher Guest. It is, he's so, so funny in everything he does, and he is not He's purpose, the least funny character in this movie. He, yeah. He's not funny in it, and he's just a good villain. And I was like, boy, I wonder if that was at all hard to not – he's so talented, and we know yeah. him as being so funny, and he doesn't – there's not a laugh for the six-finger man at all. No, you're right. Yeah, I think, uh, though Christopher Guest does take himself very seriously, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I think he probably relished, uh, and he also plays straight in a few good men too. Oh, that's right. I He's, did. He has a small role as a, as a doctor. Yes, that's true. So maybe that. it was at a time where he was happy to just like really take on a role. <laughs> <laughs> After Vizzini falls to his death, Carla said, what an idiot. <laughs> Uh, when, when he says I've built up an immunity to Iocane powder, Carla said, convenient. <laughs> <laughs> and then how does she not recognize him? Uh, he spoke of a woman of surpassing beauty and faithfulness. I can only assume he meant you. Oh, so good. When they rolled down the hill, Carla said, do you think those body doubles broke their arms? <laughs> like, it's, it's like a it's real a harsh roll. hard fall. It's a real, like, it's a real good fall. And you guys know I like a fall down a hill sure. for many reasons. Yeah. <laughs> like America's Funniest Home Video is one of my favorite television shows. But <laughs> I also and their put, series falling down a I hill. I put a lot just... of falls down a hill in wine country. <laughs> we love a fall. Hot Rod, Akiva did a very long fall. One of the most famous falls in <laughs> cinema history, I would say. <laughs> uh and when they do finally kiss, Carla said, kissy, kissy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, also in the fire swamp, careful, there's a giant rat behind that tree. <laughs> I love when he says, I don't believe they exist. You know, it, oh, it's, after uh, he's just looked at he's them. Looked at, he's looked yeah. at them for several scenes. So you have something related to the fire swamp that you wanted yes. to try? Okay, well, Susan and I, when we would watch this, 
we were like, God, could anybody really um, hold their breath for that long? Is it like when she falls down yeah, yeah, and then he has to get the rope and he dives down and he gets her. So we used to play a game to see if anybody could hold their breath as long as there's two versions. We, I've never been able to hold it as long as buttercup holds it. Okay. So I think realistically she should have passed out. Wesley gets a chance to take a deep breath before he dives in to get her. I've been able to hold my breath as long as that one, but not for buttercup. So I'd like, to try here for okay. all of us to see if so we can I have hold it our breath. queued up on the screen. Yeah, uh, for when Buttercup falls, Buttercup is already in the lightning sand. Benny, stop. Okay, so let's stop. see if we can hold as long as as Wesley. But... Do you want me to put my microphone up against? Sure. The, so they have something to listen yeah. to. Yes. <laughs> okay, he's diving. <gasps> Yes. Oh wait. <laughs> you better wait till he breathes. Oh no, it's I jumped hard. the gun. It's hard though, right? Liz one. Okay. So that one, you know, might not be able to keep all the podcast as it is just silence. <laughs> but if you are listening, you could try it too. Something fun to try at home. Something fun to try at home. Please don't die, Craig's listeners trying to do that. <laughs> uh during the RAUS fight, Carla said, Do something, you stupid buttercup. <laughs> She just stands there. I know. She doesn't so have lame. much. Uh, what about the albino's first line in the uh, the pit of despair? Oh, that is the best bit. <laughs> that is so good. That's a really so funny bit. Good. That might be the funniest, like, yeah. true just The pit bit. of despair. Don't even think about <clears throat> Don't even think about trying to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that guy, that's great. Yeah, he was Mel Smith, who was a well-known uh, British uh, sketch comedy actor. He had a show called Alias Smith and Jones. Um, I just think there's no fat on this movie. No, yeah, you're right. That's a really good point. Yeah, it just go, it just bit after bit, or fight, or story, or love. Like it just, it's. I mean, exactly what the book was, right? Just the good parts. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was curious about the actress who plays the role known as the ancient booer, which is during the dream sequence where, uh, the, uh, Oh, right, 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 right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> where Buttercup actually goes through with the marriage and the dream sequence. Uh, there's a woman, uh, who boos her. Boo! Yeah. Boo! Boo! Bow slime. down to the queen of slime. <laughs> the queen of refuse. The her queen of, what's the last one? Uh, putrescent. Yeah. Boo. 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 <laughs> Her name was Marjorie Mason, and uh, she also played Harris Street Old Lady in Love Actually, and she played Food Trolley Lady in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Wow. And she uh, she died a couple years ago at the age of one hundred. Wow. So she had a, a long, long career. You know what I say to that? Yay. <laughs> Not boo. <laughs> <laughs> to living to a hundred, yeah. Definitely, there are uh, plot 
holes probably, which are all covered by the fact that it's an unreliable narrator of a grandpa telling the story that it's a fairy tale and, and everything. Uh, uh, Inigo seems to know a lot of stuff that's going on in the plot <laughs> when, uh, when they decide to go and, and fetch the, uh, the man in black, right? Uh-huh. And Carla said, how do they have all this information? It doesn't make sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I have a quick question. Is it Indigo? His name is Inigo. In- Inigo Montoya. Anigo, because I mean, obviously, when he says it, we know my name is Anigo Montoyo, and it sounds like that. But at some point, I feel Fred like... Savage calls him Inigo. Who gets him, Inigo? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I feel like there's an um, a Fezic line too, where he says more like Indigo or something. But again, maybe he... <laughs> sure. So I wasn't totally sure what that name is. <laughs> How is it spelled? I N I G O. Okay. Uh. Billy Crystal and Carol Kane, too over the top. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, but yes, but not in a, I wouldn't want them to tone it down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They were allowed to improvise a bit, apparently. I thought that she had a much bigger part. It's just very memorable. She's got like maybe five lines. Yeah. (laughs) They're I'm just not really- your wife, and after this, I don't have my wife And he shouldn't go swimming for at least an hour. An hour. An hour. <laughs> That's some really intense makeup, too. I don't know yeah. how long they were in the chair for yeah. that. I don't that- love that swimming joke. That one feels a little... <laughs> right. Well, that's what yeah. I'm saying. That I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely. I like their overlapping dialogue. Like, yeah, I love that because then that's when they're like the old Jewish couple that's talking. What if what hour? Yeah, an hour. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was saying that my the funniest guy in the smallest role is the the guy of like oh you mean this gate key the best. <laughs> <laughs> this movie received one Oscar nomination. Do you know what it was for? Best screenplay. Nope. Wow, it should have been for an adapted screenplay. Best makeup? No. Okay. Costumes? No. Set design? Nope. Sound design? Now you're just listing Oscar categories. (laughs) What was it? Original song for the song that plays over the credits, Storybook Uh, Love. uh, It's not a great song, is it? Not really a great song, yeah. Uh, So, again, this movie was not acknowledged that much... At the put time. it up for everything. <laughs> and in terms of me, like mentioning some of these tiny roles that I think are so funny, I just think I just like a comedy where everyone is allowed to be funny, except Buttercup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I Buttercup, guess she doesn't have a lot of laugh lines. Huh? She has not, no laugh lines. Not one. Not one. They could have given her something. Yeah. Anything. That, uh, that climax is really satisfying though of both, uh, Inigo and, uh, Wesley getting their revenge kind of at the same time. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, the, my name is Inigo Montoya. I mean, that is, that does feel the so good. Scene. It feels so good watching it. And you get, I haven't, I got tears in my eyes this time when he said, I want my father back, you son of a bitch. It's so great. That was the part I slept this time. I just realized. <laughs> yep, I knew it. I knew it. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> but I remember everything I want. Yeah. So you get that scene, and you get the to the pain speech, kind of back to back, and it's it's so great. It's so good. And uh, perfect last line too. We cut back to grandson and grandpa. Grandpa, you can come back and read it to me. Oh, it's so sweet. As, As you, you wish. wish. It's Aww. so great. And Carla said, aww. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> so Carla said, aww. He loves him because it's his grandson. 
Here's another just bit of trivia that I wrote down, which is one of Carrie Elway's relatives is John Elway's, who is believed to be the inspiration for Ebenezer Scrooge. What? One of his uh, ancestors was the inspiration for Ebenezer Scrooge. Oh, how strange. That's not great. Liz, uh, would you like to give this movie, your favorite movie of all time, a letter grade? A plus. (laughs) I can't can't think of one thing wrong with it. Like, okay, well, here's watching it in current day where now, actually, I remember this from my my 40th birthday and so excited to watch it with a room of people. But, you know, sometimes when you watch it with your friends or some people that you're like, they might not know it as well and you have a little bit or maybe this is just my own anxiety of like oh gosh i just picked this movie i gathered everybody here i sure hope everybody likes it what if they don't and you're kind of seeing it maybe not through your own lens anymore and i remember it was the very first time in watching it that i realized that oh the women don't there's hardly any women and they don't have much and you know you you could you could say it's a sexist movie but and thinking about it, I just think you just have to look at it through it is through this white male perspective and through it almost a ten year old boy's perspective, and that's what it is. And it's less about you don't criticize the movie for it, but you just hope that then other movies that are called movies for girls are like not that anymore that are seen by everybody the way I was a little girl and saw this movie and could enjoy it. And something like, let's like, all I can think of is like Frozen is thought of by little boys is like, that's a girl movie. Mm. It's like, well, I saw The Princess Bride. That's, you know, like yeah. I want, it's that other movies should be seen as much by everybody and not labeled a I agree. girl movie. I agree. I don't like uh, movies to be ghettoized along gender lines. Well, clearly, looking at your <laughs> list of top 100 films. <laughs> so inclusive, right? Super, so Super inclusive. So inclusive. But you get a chance to redo it all when we're done. That's right. Carla, did this viewing change your perception of this movie as something you liked but couldn't get why it's a... I will say that personally, it's like a B or a B plus for me. And I just have to say that because... I like it, but it doesn't like, it's not my favorite, one of my favorites, but I, I would give it an A minus just knowing like that it just resonated with so many people that I know. And it, it feels like a classic film. Like it feels like a classic. It feels like it deserves to be on this list somewhere to me. You just don't have that level of nostalgia. That I just we don't. Do for yeah. It. And, and rewatching it, it's like, this is cute. That's how I feel about it. Like this is cute. And this is funny and it's fast. <laughs> what are those movies for you? That do bring back that childhood joy. Like every time Dirty you see Dancing. <laughs> Same year, 87. Coming to America. Like, definitely, my parents let me watch way too many adult movies when I was eight years old. I did not see Coming to America at the time, <laughs> and we went to see a drive uh, in, a dr- drive in version of it. Yeah. Uh, and it is filthy. It is filthy. I can't believe your parents let you see that. I can't either. There are boobs and cocaine in that movie. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of swearing. I don't know that movie well at all. Akiva would definitely know that movie though. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I won't say it held up, uh, in, in the way that like it's timeless. It's very much of its time, but it was very funny. Yeah. And I think the Princess Bride is timeless. Like I can imagine my niece watching this in a couple years and like just loving it. That's great. I think my kids will watch it again too. Now that they, 
a lot of times on a first viewing of something that might be a little intense, they get so worried. And then now that they know what it is, I could see them. And then my youngest is a really funny kid. And I can see later once she gets jokes, getting the jokes yeah. and being and loving the comedy of it. Yeah. Cause I got us like from now being a comedy writer, that's what I watched this going. God, they were, it's such good writing. Yeah. It's just. Yeah, yeah joke after joke after joke and then even if the joke is not on the page they figured out a way like i wonder how mowage was written right like was that a choice of somebody or was it written with those create you know mowage is what wing buff to have like maybe it was just normal and then they're like well we need a bit here like they just found the joke at all times and i'm so impressed with it but again, I think the actors never wink at you about the jokes. They have the meta element of Fred Savage and Peter Falk to kind of call out the, the things yes. about the movie. But the movie yeah. doesn't call itself out while, while it's happening. And so this movie is the best movie that we've covered so far on Craigslist. It will maintain its position <laughs> uh, on the list. Uh, I love it. Every time I see it, maybe it'll go even higher. Maybe this, maybe this is a top five movie. Wow. It's me. a very nice film. I will say like, it's nice. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of your movies are very nice. <laughs> it's everything. Like you, you yeah. laugh, you, yeah, you it's know, a feel good. It is. And short. Yes. <laughs> it's very efficient. Liz, you had an idea for an improv scene. Well, yeah, I thought you guys always do an improv scene right at the end of yeah. these, but I thought, um, I, also, I just know you're good at rhyming and there's this Ooh. section in, well, I just, from your, you know, your improv baby wants candy and stuff, you know how to, that's s- right. You know how to sing and stuff. <laughs> um, and so there's that section where they're on the boat and Fezzik and Inigo are practicing rhyming. Okay. So I thought we should, um, I could challenge you to, to that. Okay. Great. Um, so who do you want to be, Carla? So you're on the boat. Or am we I, can am be I buttercup? We can be- I could be buttercup. Great. So this is a- after the after the credits have rolled. They're all riding off together. Oh, on right? the white horses. The sunset. Four white and horses. So, there they were. Four white horses. But it's a long horse ride. So uh, and let's assume that that Wesley is asleep for whatever reason. And, uh, <laughs> There's a lot of setup for this improv scene. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. So picture this: we're all on horses. Wesley's sleeping on his horse, uh, right. and this is just buttercup. Uh, uh, Inigo and uh, Fezzik. Okay. I have to start with them um, to get to get his accent. I have to go. My name is Inigo Montoya. You kill my father. Prepare to die. Great. It's a very nice uh, night. We should not do any more fight. Well, no, of course not. We're not going to do any more fighting now. It's a uh, happily ever after, right? We'll do it straight to the rafter. Pardon me? We're doing rhyming game. Do you know rhyming game, lady? Oh, um, I actually like to rhyme, yes. Some of the time. Very See, I just did another one. Very good, Fezzik. Very, very good. Okay, so a Negro Grunt set, set you up, and then you do a rhyme. Oh, off I'm of going it. to this rhyme. Is, yes. Oh, okay. Excellent. We, ha- we have escaped the castle. Um, Wesley, what should I do? <laughs> I just can't decide um, for um, myself. Oh, sorry. Um, I was, uh, fast asleep. 
What what are you playing some sort of rhyming game? Yes, but it feels like they're attacking me. I just have no What's the what's the word? Was it orange? Castle. Oh castle. Well you could do vassal. Hassle. Oh see? I didn't need you after all. Right, set, her, set her up again, Indigo. Here we are escaping from the castle. I feel like it's not much of a hassle. <laughs> In the way the Lord respects his vassal. Oh, what? look, my dress has a tassel. <laughs> and Wesley, a few um, questions about this Dread Pirate Roberts gig that I'm about to go do. <laughs> Look, I haven't really worked out the logistics. Yes, I, that's what I mean. Like, how do I get there? And uh, well, we're nowhere near uh, right. the sea right now, are we? Mm-mm. All right. What? Which way are we riding? And by it, the just, way? just uh, like if someone, you know. Uh, comes up to me and like we face something on this ride am i him now or are you him and you know i don't want to get the confusion because i usually i say hello my name is inigo montoya but now hello my name is a dread pirate roberts or are you still i will start calling you dread pirate roberts and then everyone will begin to refer to you that way okay but we know he's not the dread pirate roberts but i think my horse is dead Wesley, you're not really going to give up your pirate ship, are you? Uh, I'm terribly sorry. Did you think I was going to be a pirate for the rest of my life? Well, I was hoping that we could, you know, occasionally have pirate adventures. <laughs> my grandfather has dentures. Very good, Fezzik, yes. I did a rhyme. <laughs> yes, yes, some of the time. <laughs> Liz, thank you so much for <laughs> Yay, joining Liz. us. Yay, Liz. Yay, Liz. I always love to have people on to talk about their favorite movie. Yeah, it's good. It makes it better, for sure. <laughs> Rather than those poor souls that we torment that you, yeah. uh, by making them watch a movie that they felt indifferent about. Right. Uh well, what's going on with you? Do, you? do you have a social media presence that you'd like people to know about? Or? No. No? Great. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Uh, cool. It will remain anonymous, but Craig's listeners, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Uh, Carla, I have good news and bad news. <sighs> I can't wait. Next up, number eight on the list is the only movie on my list featuring your favorite actor, <laughs> Meryl Streep. We have a Meryl Streep movie. Not really. So Bad cons- news. It's also a Woody Allen movie. <laughs> oh. I was going to try and guess which one. Uh, this movie is... Hannah number, and Her Sisters? Number eight on the list. Is that what it came is? out in 1979. And uh, it stars Woody Allen, Diane Keaton, and Meryl Streep. And it's called Manhattan. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's also very short. It's also garbage. <laughs> who, was, who was Hannah? And her, she's not in Hannah and her sisters. She's not in Hannah and her sisters. Yes. She plays his ex-wife in Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. Carla, uh, you do have one skip left. I'm not using it yet. You're not going to use it on Manhattan? I'm not going to use it on Manhattan. Okay. So you're going to have to watch this. You have to watch at least a third of this movie. That's fine. Okay. So that's about a half hour. That's fine. It's, the movie's about an hour and a half. I'll watch the whole thing. Might fall asleep during it, <laughs> but I'll watch it. Okay. And I'm, I think we're going to have some ladies on as guests. Yeah. We're going to have a couple of ladies. I've definitely seen Manhattan, but I'm not remembering It's right with Mariel Hemingway. It's the one where he hooks up with the 17-year-old. Yeah. It's in black and white. Yeah. It's like right. the worst. I remember the beginning of it being like 
beautiful love story to Manhattan with Rhapsody in Blue. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the beginning is awesome. It makes you want to live in Manhattan. Yeah. And then then you need to turn it off. And then things fall <laughs> apart quickly after that. Well, let's let's not use it all up now, but uh <laughs> Craig's listeners, please tune in for number eight, Manhattan. The list is an absolute good. The list is life. 